We set up a time to meet prior to when we start. When you show up three minutes before you start. I was here. I was trying to get this thing situated. It sucks. I show up typically an hour before the show. Yeah, tell the people why their time is invaluable. just found the most downloaded HVAC entertainment podcast in the world. Welcome to the HVAC Overtime Show, hosted by me, Bill Russell. We got Adam Muffich over here on my right, Chris Stevens over there somewhere. No Joe tonight, as you can see, but instead we got somebody even better. We got Craig Migliaccio, Mr. AC Service Tech himself. So it's going to be a great show. Let's get into it. I, I just want to say that I've noticed a trend that Joe tends to not be here if we have a guest what i just i just noticed it i don't know why i don't know we'll have to go back and crunch some numbers but you might be exactly right i might be like 100 percent right yeah but that's it is all right it is. though it's all right there's this thing like i don't know what do they say it's like magnets like people with italian names like they just don't <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't go together well right so is we have one guy with an italian name so the other guy that has an italian name has to go although I we so. no. But that's the thing. We, Craig, I don't know if you know this, right? But we have our other host, Joe. Yeah. We Joe, don't somebody. know his last name. We don't, like, he won't share his information with us. And how long <laughs> have we been friends with him? Like, and we've tried, like, we've guessed. Like, I said all the ingredients on the back of spaghetti. It's none of those. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> but we, he legitimately uh, doesn't we'll tell him, like, gifts and stuff like that, but we'll, we have to send him to, like, his brother's neighbor's house in Philly. Mm -hmm. And then his That's brother, true. like, smuggles it over true. the border or something. Yeah, his brother has dual citizenship because, like, we know more about his brother than we actually know about Joe. We know that his brother works in the, in the medical, medical field yeah. as, like, a doctor in the United States and then goes back home to Canada. And he, whenever we send packages, we send it to his brother's neighbor and then his brother smuggles it back to Canada. So... Or interesting. I think it's Canada. We don't know, you know. Yeah. So enough about the guy who's not here and doesn't care about <laughs> us, right? Am I right? That's right. So we got Mr. Craig Migliaccio on tonight, Mr. AC Service Tech. I'm going to share your website in the uh, chat here a little bit for all you guys out there interested in in checking him out, sort of getting a deeper understanding of him. Go check out his website. It's got a lot of good stuff on there. We're going to dive into it tonight and uh, ask you a bunch of questions. Some professional some awkward but all worthwhile <laughs> that's 100 accurate 100 <laughs> 100 accurate but i hear you got some books out or something like that you wrote some books yeah yeah the first the first book was the refrigerant charging and service procedures for air conditioning and that one took three years to make 
And that was born out of when I was teaching at the school and looking at a lot of books that were basically just theory and didn't have the procedures. And so that was frustrating for me because I'm, I'm like, how am I supposed to teach these, these kids, you know? Um, so when I did finally write that, that was three years. And then the new one is the uh, inverter mini split operation and service procedures where a lot of people online were encouraging us to, to do something because there just was no information out that's just in, semi-standardized basically for mini splits. And so that's, we finally said, okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do it. So that one took two years and we finally got, got that done. So, yep. In the middle of that, that was a rough time. Cause I'm like, man, am I ever going to get this done? You know? So, uh, we had to take a little break brain and brain and talked me down <laughs> and we continued. So I think that's interesting because when we had Eugene Silverstein on, uh, who works with ESCO and has co-authored several books and authored several of his own books, he kind of said the same thing. Like when he got started in teaching, you know, it, it was, I think he said he contacted the publisher. Isn't that what he said? And said like, Hey, there's a lot of misprints or something. And then they asked him to help edit. Isn't that how it started? Yeah, I think it was uh, refrigeration and air conditioning technologies and his school stopped. That's right. His school. And they're like, why are you not using us? He's like, cause your book is wrong. So then they asked them to correct it. And that's like, how well, can you make it. it right for us? Cause we yeah. don't know how. I think that books and, and something that I've noticed is that a lot of um, good publishing companies, authors, whatever you want to say, they go back and they you know revise their books. And I think that's really important because, of course, <clears throat> we're all human. Of course, we all make mistakes. Of course, there's always misprints and different things like that. And, you know, if we can revise those and make them better, update the pictures, update the content, you know, make it more relevant. I think that's really important for someone that just puts a book out there and then never wants to update it i feel like you're going to miss out if you don't accept the fact that you know there's always room to improve okay. craig right. you said your first book took you three years to write yeah and the the second book the inverter mini split operation book how long did that take that one's two years and okay. so that one had i think a hundred more pages than the first book so we definitely are getting slimmed down as far as the time it takes to do it and the first book i think it has around 200 images and this book has 400 and I think it's 441 images in it. And so, so we made most of those images right here in house, which with our talented, you know, team here. Uh, so since I'm best friends with somebody who may or may not become a published author pretty soon out of the blue, just what are like some takeaways from the first book that you wrote? Cause it sounds like you probably learned some lessons the first time around that led to uh, a more uh, smoother process. The second time around any key takeaways? <laughs> just copy it's, and paste stuff the, the well the, the problem here's the problem is that you never know when you're done until you're done and that's that's an issue so the first book at the two-year mark i thought i was done and it took a year of of the written editing in order to get that one done and then this mini split one it until we were probably about seven eighths to even maybe nine tenths of the way done that's when i finally realized we were getting close to being done and, mm -hmm. and we had to kind of limit it down. So I would just say it's going to be a struggle. You're going to have to just keep pressing through and, and just do what you know is right. But you're going to have to kind of like have some end caps on it. And if you can outline as best as possible. Um, how and, and how just, much of, okay, so you start with an idea in your head. You start with an idea in your head and you're like, I want to write this book about this. 
at what point do you realize like, Hey, my goals were way too big. I need to consolidate and be like, this is good enough. That's like another thing on that too, is like, where do you get the information for the mini split stuff? And like, did, did you like figure out like, wow, this is harder to come up with some of this. That's content. two questions guys. Yeah. Yeah. That was like two big questions. So answer my question. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Can I answer Adams? Cause it's on the top of my head. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I don't have a good memory, by the way. People think I'm smart. I'm not <laughs> like, I so here's the thing I have to try a lot harder than everybody else I feel like or just other people in general because I don't feel like I'm very smart like I in school and everything I had to try way way harder in order to try to just be at the level where other people are but anyway so bad memory so Adam uh see I already forgot what Adam's question was see Sorry. I'm already gone <laughs> that's all right um, we can just rewind it and edit that whole part out yeah like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have editors for that. that yeah, yeah. No. um what did you say? You said, Adam, you said, uh, how do you, how did I come up with the material? So yeah. mm -hmm. you, you know, you want to come up with the different procedures, right? So you have your, your knowledge from back when working on them or, you know, continually working on these systems. I, we ended up buying all the different brands of units and doing testing on them. And I would look around online and find that you can't even find right. information on some of the devices and the way that I think that if something is algorithmically controlled and you maybe aren't going to have the information about it, then you have to think about another way to diagnose these systems and the other way and, and to demystify them. So you have to then attack each individual component. So it takes me, and I'll say this again, but it takes me longer to understand something. Even when we go lay out jobs and stuff like that, it takes me longer. But when I am at the job site, like with my truck and all the material, I'm not running to the supply house because I have all the material in my truck. So in reference to the like writing about the components i would dive deep into the components and take multiple ones apart go to different uh contractors friends that we know of get old ones that they ripped out find every type of version of fan motor that you could possibly find in mini splits and like manipulate them so much until you know as much as you possibly can about them and then try to write about them so that's kind of how so let's, let's unpack that for a second, because to the average technician who doesn't even want to bring home a part that they diagnosed after work and tear it apart just to see how it works, you bought or somehow got each one of every component of every version of every minute split that's tried to. kind of ever been made. I, I tried to get but, as many as I could. So <laughs> let, let, I'm going to I'm going to step in real quick. So, OK, so you you grabbed a bunch of different versions of mini splits. Did it blow your mind how they're all made by the same people and how they all have the same components in them? I mean, it, did you come to that conclusion that like there's basically or, three different or types? are they all different? Do they do different things? Well, uh, so I, I did work with uh, Cooper and Hunter on this as well and was with uh talking with the technical service engineer there and we wrestled with stuff like he would say something to me i would question him you know we would wrestle back and forth with topics like and sometimes it's like nobody's right and you still have to find the answer like i thought i thought i was going to be able to find a lot of the answers ourselves but me and brandon kind of had to come up with some of the answers ourselves like the eev operation we made like these eev training boards and stuff like mm -hmm. that like that was non-existent you know, like on online, how do I manipulate this? Like, okay, right. you know, uh, there's some testing tools out there, but I didn't, I actually didn't even find them when writing the, the book as far as like the plug, you plug it in and we had just had to come up with it ourselves and like kind of pull it apart. But in reference to the uh, designs and stuff, like they're, they're very similar, obviously at this point in time with like, say like the EV, 
EEV like bypassing through it. The circuit boards was the main thing. The indoor fan motors, as far as them trying to ramp down the airspeed, like the for an AC motor, mm-hmm. uh, using something like a triac in order to cut part of the sine waves out versus versus having a three phase wound motor that you're that you're controlling uh, like with so, a fake free, fake frequency, basically imitated AC frequency. Um, we, we have to, I have to chime in real quick. So we had a really good friend of ours of the show. That's a super genius when it comes to electronics, Clive Mitchell and uh, big Clive. And he came on and tried to explain triax to bill one time. And we're just all like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, huh? <laughs> pretty much that just, yeah, the basics that I understand a triac is it's uh like a gate valve. Yeah. So we're, we don't, we don't end up getting into that part that much because the, the AC fans, basically they're on the older versions and now we all have the DC fan motors, but we do go over in that, in that book, um, the AC fan motors and we go over like why they have a temp sensor on them because they overheat because they're not efficient. Like DC fan mm-hmm. motors are. So would it be um, safe to assume that like in the future, as manufacturers begin to understand their own equipment and release data on it, that you guys will be like revising <laughs> your, your book along with, uh, you know, whatever materials they, they release. So there was another, I would say 65 pages of content that I would have liked to have gotten in that book. Uh, but the, page size, the cost to print it, the cost that we could sell it for or whatever. And I was just, I just, we had to have end caps on it where we were never getting done. Like I wanted to have a maintenance mm. section in there and stuff like that. Um, but we just kind of ended with the whole, the whole, everything with the refrigeration part, like anything with the refrigerants whatsoever. Like and then also, yeah, how to operate, how it operates and all the component identification. And then also the electrical, uh, side at least to the point so that you could understand and do diagnosis at least base level diagnosis or finding like like what part would be the would be the problem because the issue with it is it's not a single speed system it's not known values you know so you can't necessarily check the refrigerant charge on a system and even if you can lock it out and put it like on emergency cooling or whatever it's still going to be a moving you still target. don't know yeah you still don't know what your target is and some <clears throat> some manufacturers will say you know, zero to five degrees, but other ones, you could accidentally overcharge the system very quickly and accidentally easily by overfilling the accumulator, not yeah. on a day where it's like 100, 110 degrees outside because all the refrigerants being cycled through the system at that point, but it's going to be at night when you have a yeah. low load yeah. and then the accumulator is going to fill up with, with liquid refrigerant and it's going to flow right down into the dip tubes and go into the compressor. So will we be seeing a, like a part two with all this uh, lost material, like a director's cut of your book maybe? So it's going to, it's going to get disseminated out in videos and articles on our website. Um, That's kind of where that's going to come out at. If we were going to revise something soon, it would probably be, we probably would do the refrigerant charging book, but we have like other thoughts that we would like to make an electrical or gas furnace or something like that. Everything takes so long. And that's, that's kind of what I'm, what we're struggling with. It's everything takes extremely much longer than anybody ever would think as far as the videos go as yeah. far as any written material goes everything takes much longer than anybody would expect so right now we're working on trying to get the spanish uh, version of the mini split book done and then Amazing. when i get time get more time we're trying to build a 1200 
uh, question workbook, which we've got a skeleton together, but I still have to keep going through it over and over and over. And we're right now as an AC service tech team, we're trying to buy Craig more time. <laughs> that, that makes sense. I was going to say, you know, we know because we were all friends and we've all talked at different points, HR, different things like that. Yeah. Adam hung out with you at the educators conference. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I know you have a team that helps you and, and helps to do everything, but how often does your team, like, do they have to say, Hey, Craig, like that this is dude, like, we can't meet that goal. Like, are you the person that's pushing them or are they pushing you to, to do more? Like, are, are they having to tell you like, we can't meet that goal? Like you're the Steve jobs, just throwing phones and yeah. fish tanks. Yeah. Like, There's <laughs> bubbles. There's more room. We got more room. No, I think there, if anything, it's kind of like a lot, a lot of times me and Brandon are, are trying to talk things through and it's kind of like, what can we do here and now? Or what, what, you know, what things do we have in front of us that we have to get accomplished? Like Chris, you had, you had texted a while back and it was like, man, I just got home from all of these different yeah, yeah. travel things. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I have to get caught up. Like, and so then we took a family trip also to, to then try to like, just have some family time. And then I came back to work and it was like a big wall in front of me. And I like, it was like chipping away, like, like just chipping a masonry wall away, like a little at a time. It was like, I'm not getting anywhere. Um, but in reference to the, the goals, uh, I have what it seems to be, I thought originally it was six years of like vision or goals that I wanted to do. And as we get one thing knocked out at a time, I'm like, oh, wait, that's 10 years. Oh, wait, that's 12 years. It's like, so you're never going to get all of that stuff done. Yeah. It's just, it's so like, I can see it. I just can't accomplish it because of how long it takes to do each thing. Like with that being said, like when you went into, um, the whole publishing process when you yeah. you you kind of got the, the the motivation like i'm gonna write a book and you probably had this romantic idea like what it was going to be like going through the publishing process how exactly right on were you about that process <laughs> there is not it was non-existent uh so we what's funny is like now we've gone through this process twice so we really know kind of what's going on with it uh i mean i was researching like amazon just having amazon publish it for us and we're having a local print shop and we, we actually deal with a local print shop and, and which I've known the owner for like 15 years before this even happened. And they are real high quality. So we went with them. Uh, so we published it ourselves and that uh, people, I think people think that publishing a book's a lot uh, harder, I guess you'd say it, it, it probably would be hard if you have somebody else publish it for you. If you're mm -hmm. like, please, sir, please publish my book. And it's the same thing with videos or same thing with articles. It's like, please accept my thing. Like you just have to do it and like, and then see what people think or whatever. And you have to just step into it a little at a time. It's like when we started doing the videos, I never knew that it was going to be something that people really appreciated until like that first summer, all of a sudden I started seeing all these comments about how it was really helpful like back in 2016, I'm like, wow, okay. And so I'll keep Aren't doing those are, it. Those are amazing. The comments like are, yeah. I never, I mean, it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to hit this public button because my video started for my employees. And then it yeah. was just like, whoa, turned into yeah. something, so, you know? Yeah. How, so, how your first book, how, like, how has it been taken? I know like you actually sell to certain schools in that, you know, how is, how is it being adopted? That's actually one of my questions. Like, did you get pushback from some of the big publishing organizations? No, I've never heard of any. I've okay. never heard from anybody, actually. It's kind of like we've we've done our own thing. And so yeah. 
we have your own staying in your yeah yeah like we went to esco you know i got to hang out with adam uh, a bit there which is awesome and uh but we went to the hvec excellence and i got to see a lot of teachers and it was it was crazy to see how many of those teachers were use utilizing some form of something that we've built or done or something like that whether it's certain videos that they always try to rely on or something like that not or if it's quick reference cards or one of the books or something, even if they don't have the books for each of their students, like they are referencing something, it's crazy. And so that is, that was really encouraging. Um, I would say that I feel like there's a good amount or there's a lack of proper educational materials. Like there is books out there, but it's kind of disturbing when I get a message from someone and they're like, yeah, we watch your videos weekly. And I'm like, my videos aren't meant for a school. Like, and that's disturbing to think that a school is showing the videos because they need to show proper. My videos aren't proper. You know, like we need more content. We need more educational resources out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And so I see, I see some holes and I see like, I would like to fill, like try to try to accomplish these things and put procedures in place. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to use, Hey, this one, this procedure. It's just like a starting point. Mm -hmm. Here's some, here's some of the old rules of thumb that maybe you shouldn't follow. Uh, this seems to be a speedy way to do it. And it's correct. And like a, a fairly correct or safe way to do it. Here's a couple other ways you can do it and just kind of go about things that way. What's That's up, Randy? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Randy's one of our number one uh, viewers for our show. He's been, gosh, Randy, I think he's been watching since the beginning. So got to give Randy that shout out for sure. So, <laughs> But no. so, you know, with with the the book and stuff, and, and we talked about your website, acservicetech.com is the website, right? Which yeah. I've been throwing it up in the chat for all yeah. you guys who can't find it. But, Maybe you know, Craig, dropping. I've heard it, but, you know, give us a, 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 a recap. Like, why did you start making content? Like, what was the, you know, you were in education, right? That's why you started making it? Yeah, so I was I in the field. It and pays I, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> the educational content or the when we started with the videos? No, he was joking about education. Yeah, the educational realm teachers. doesn't oh. usually pay very well. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a thing too. So I was, yeah. I had my business at the time, but so yeah, at at the time I was, I left the school. I was, I was teaching during the daytime with the high school students. I was teaching two nights a week for the adults. I was doing the videos, and at that point it was just me. And uh, you know, like you say, like editing the videos at night. Or I, I was responding to everybody's comments, every single comment that came in at that point. In time, I remember that. I, I was at that, that point. I just, yeah. and then YouTube also changed the way that they notified people, and so I couldn't find the threat. They they would no longer notify me of the thread changing yeah. of each comment. And so I couldn't keep up with it. And then I was like, Oh darn, but I would still continue on. But nowadays I can't, I can't keep no. up with everything. But anyway, so I was teaching her at the daytime, teaching during the nighttime, two days a week. I was doing service calls at night. I was doing change outs on the weekends and I was writing this book and I was doing the videos and, and I was involved with our local church and stuff like that with the youth group kids and stuff like that. And I ended up getting burnt out and getting mono. I didn't even understand what was happening. Uh, other people could see it. They're like, you were, you were I got doing mono. way too I never much. got over it. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so I started making those videos. Yeah. And then uh, I made them for the subs. So in case I was sick and inevitably I was sick, maybe four times a year. I would catch something from the students and like, it'd be like a 24 hour bug or maybe a two day bug or something like that. I just couldn't help it. And so I wanted to continue teaching them when I wasn't there and so I put these videos together and somebody else had encouraged me too. they were like, if I was in the construction trade, 
I would start making these videos on YouTube or whatever because people seem to really appreciate them. And so, so that's kind of why I started. And then after that first summer, like we could see like, wow, these actually are making a difference, you know, in the public realm. And so we kept, I kept doing them. How long were you in the trade before you moved over to education? Like you were, you actually ran your own company, right? Yeah. My, my company was half carpentry, half HVAC. So my grandfather was an architect. My uncle was a carpenter. I, uh, I bought my first house when I was like 21 and like even was learning there. So I would hmm. shadow kind of my family and then I would do stuff at my house and work on that. And then I did HVAC for, uh, I don't know. Let me think here. Um, I had my company for at least 10 years. Uh, let me think here. I started my company in 2000. Okay. I started my company in 2005 and I left the school five years ago. I taught there for six years during the daytime and eight years at night. And I was also, I also had, I was also at a, uh, at another school as a facility maintenance director. Sorry, I don't have all these dates together for you guys. It's all good. <laughs> I kept my company. I'll even try while to refrain I was, from showing disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, even while I was a facility maintenance director at a, at a school in Vineland, where basically if you got kicked out of any other school in the southern half of the state, this is your last opportunity to to go to high school in, in person. I was there for two and a half years. While while I was there, I was at night trying to get my teaching degree basically online. I was trying to submit to the state, and the state kept declining me and stuff like that with my work experience because they said self-employed people don't work that much. No, <laughs> I sort of... I sort of cheated, right? I have I've listened to the uh, HVAC school podcast with you and Brian, the heart of a teacher, recently. Oh yeah, great, great podcast, by the way. Great episode. Awesome. It was all around. It was it was a real good mes real good message, real good positive message. So I assume transitioning from like your business into education was sort of all about that because you just you I assume you have this like just draw to education and to teaching and bringing others yeah. up around you. Is that safe to assume yeah yeah so i want to come alongside people i want to make a difference basically what i figured and thought was that when i was working doing these jobs out in the field that what do i have when it's all said and done right i have a good job that i can take pride in i have the relationship with the customer the relationship with the supply house the individuals at the supply houses but that's it that's the difference that i've made during that amount of time and so I wanted to come alongside more people. And I think it's not even necessarily HV, just HVAC. Like I love HVAC, but it is a tool to support your family. And mm -hmm. so like I'm all about like young people knowing how to use tools and be able to like kind of have some self-reliance, like have some skill sets that somebody can't, nobody can take that from you. Once you know how to do different things, it doesn't matter what say job you have or whatever. It's like you can always fall back to something else. You can always support your family. You're not like, stuck you know like I'm, I'm real big on making sure that people can support their families because the family like it ha having a family being married and all that stuff and raising kids is hard enough add in financial strain to that we have a major yeah. problem so like my thought is i want to come alongside people and allow them to be able to you know gain knowledge and skill set so that's vehicle definitely of provision for their family yes yes so i'm gonna derail this and ask a, another question like how how difficult was it for you to make this your your priority like the whole ac service tech platform like in everything that you do the books the content and everything 
Um, how hard was it for you to solely focus on that as opposed to having a normal job working day to day? Was that a struggle for you? Was that a, was that a, a, a fear that you had or did you have faith that it was just going to work out? So I, th I think, well, that I'm getting personal year. here, so I'm just It's curious. all good. No, it's all good. That last year of school, basically, uh, I had mono, right? So by 11 a.m., I couldn't think anymore. Everything was cloudy. And I was yeah. wondering, is this just what happens when you get old? Like, I don't know. Right. And so I didn't get that, like, diagnosed. I had it started in January, and I had it diagnosed in April during spring break from our school because I just wasn't stopping. And so uh, I realized I couldn't maintain that. And there was probably a, but there's a bunch of different reasons. There's political reasons and stuff like that, like with the night school stuff going on. Just different things that I, I didn't like, uh, but also not just the school itself. It's like just just many different reasons. Right. And and even in the school system, like uh, Bill, you had mentioned, you know, you don't make that much, you know. And so I always had to keep my business running, too. And I would take care of my my best clients, basically. Yeah. And I always mm -hmm. thought that, you know, you want to keep your mind in the game and be aware of all the uh, the 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 things that are changing in the field so that you can best serve your students. And I actually mentioned that. I'm like, hey, maybe I, I don't want to do that. And my advisory council of like different contractors in the area, they're like, no, no, we would like to see you stay in the field so that you're knowledgeable to teach the students. So I'm like, okay, you know, I kept doing that thing. Uh, but that kind of hurt me, I guess, in the long term because I, I would you venture know, to say if you're buying one of every mini split, bringing it back to your 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 lab, your garage, wherever it is, and you're taking that apart and analyzing it. I would say you're still in the field. Oh yeah. 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 You still got your hands on some yeah. tools and you're wrenching on stuff. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's... I mean, well that, that thing right there is exactly what happened. My first year of school is I, I felt inadequate cause I never went to a school myself. So I'm like, Oh crap. I don't want to just pass on something that, uh, some type of like incorrect knowledge. Right. So I was staying after school doing all kinds of tests and stuff like that to make sure check myself basically uh while i was while i was there so but anyway chris um uh answering your question uh what did i at the time i kind of was just like i want want to pursue finishing this first book i i can see if i try to like just push in hard with the videos that maybe you know that would try to help support us uh, -huh. uh and i would still have my hvac contracting business and i could take on i could take on a certain amount of jobs and what I also would needed to heal from that thing, it took almost a year. Uh, not, I mean, it gradually increased, but there's nothing you could do. You know, I'm always a go, 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 go person. And so I guess this is the way to tell me to have to slow down a little bit. Uh, so did you have pushback from like your your friends and family like saying, oh, no, or did you have support from them? Like it'll uh, never work. It'll. You should just. It, it's not gonna work. Stop. Well, yeah. When you say like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on my edge. Because at, at that time there was not an ed educational business. It was YouTube. It was it. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make videos on YouTube. Even my my accountant and friend, like who's also an electrician, he's like, no, no, you're not. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know. And uh, my wife was very supportive, and I'm so thankful to her. Uh, she was behind me. She's like, look, if this is what we need to do to like have you your if you want to call it freedom or whatever like mm -hmm. then that's what we need to do if we need to buy our own in health insurance that's what we need to do and yeah. so even when we brought on brandon who's like the first person we brought on into the into the organization uh our company basically any revenue was going right to him 
And right. my wife was like thinking like, no, we can't, we can't do this. You know, like automatically thinking, no, well, she's, she slept that night and she kind of had it revealed to her. She says it from the Lord. She says that, uh, it was revealed to her to, um, have faith in the man, not the circumstance. When has this man ever let you down? And he will, he will provide, there's nothing that's going to stop him from taking care of the family. And so she shared that with me the next morning, literally. And like, dude, when so when your wife supports you in that manner like that, like it, it wow. changes you. You know, my wife is a huge supporter of what I wow. do too, and hmm. oftentimes she has to talk me off the ledge. Like when I feel like, yeah. you know, I'm speaking metaphorically, but like you know, when I feel like I don't think I could do this, she's like, "You got this," you know. And it's in yeah. you for me. I'm assuming it's probably goosebumps. When is. my wife gives you that 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 confidence, it's like okay she has faith in me i could do this you know it's it's a big yeah. motivational thing so. you need somebody rooting you on if you're going to succeed you need somebody next to you you know 100 sure. yeah. Yeah. yeah you're the sum of the people you hang out with they well they say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with but oh great i mean <laughs> oh, you, great. you are what you eat as well 100 oh true. man you guys i got adam joe bill and hey, then I, we're I probably really the, anybody else i mean you're in california <laughs> it's not going to get any better <laughs> okay it's either on, us or like you what give california, come on dude california we set the standards for the rest of the country every law we have eventually is going to make it your way so just get used and to it if just, you didn't know us, us you'd have a man done you'd be protesting <laughs> against hair dryers oh like, exactly just, you'd be a mess oh, you should exactly. thank us yep that's true we level so, you out what's uh what's in your future Craig, like what's your goal? What's your short-term and long-term goals? What are we going to see from you? Big projects. Well, <laughs> the, uh, the workbook, that 1200 question workbook for the mini split. Uh, I mean, we are going to either be working on another book 1200 or questions. we're going wow. to, yeah, the first workbook was a thousand questions. I mean, I'd like to make some more quizzes on the website. I'd like to write some more articles on the website. Um, you know, online courses potentially. Uh, so we kind of have to see, here's the deal. Like we have to get, get a project or two done and then kind of reassess at that point in time. Uh, so all the, like I told you, I have like say 10 years of things that we could do at least 10 years, but we don't, you know I mean? Like by that time, Sounds like the thing, other things will change of somebody who has too many twigs in the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, you got maybe. 10 years of stuff, like, and I assume it's like roughly planned out, you know, you have a general idea of where you want to go. Like, that's a, like, I know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow and maybe a couple other things. <laughs> See, but the thing is, I, I've been listening to like these inspirational, motivational type books, you know, like audio books as I'm going for my morning walks. By the way, everyone, me and Bill are in this like uh, health group type deal where the we breakfast club. The breakfast club we talk let's, let's just say they're in a man group that sends like shirtless pictures of each other every day to like be encourage jealous. each other to lose weight and be fit come on be jealous chris someday <laughs> i'm not we'll, in this group so. we'll invite you but anyways so the, the last few books like one of the the main takeaways i've got from these books is like just basically live for what your goals are and what you're gonna be and that's much easier to achieve like what you want to see yourself do in the future is if you're living and putting yourself in that place um it's like um you know the law of attraction you're gonna do it if you yeah so is that like so like 
I guess I want to reframe what Adam's saying is sort of a question of my own and hopefully I'm not screwing everything up. But uh, so Craig, with like the goals that you have and even with the things you've already accomplished, is that something that you've like visualized like consistently, like, you know, it's something you always keep on your mind. Like I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. And, and obviously it comes to fruition. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, so you have, so here's the, here's the other thing is you have to be open to when people speak into your life. Right. So it's, you have all these grand things that you'd like to do, but you still have to have a capability of doing it. And uh, oftentimes because I want to do all this stuff, I end up like pushing very hard, you know, to the point where you're like, you can't think at the end of the day or whatever. And so mm -hmm. like, you know, where Brandon's like, Hey man, uh, you might want to, uh, <laughs> save a little bit, you know? And so, and also save it for your family as well. Not just do, you know, work, work, work kind of thing, or go home and just, you know, you're done. <laughs> hey Don. Hi Don. <laughs> um, so so, so do, you, do you feel like you have like uh, I I hyper obsess about things. Like I when I get mm -hmm. something on my mind, I can't get it off my mind. I'm just super focused. Like oh man, it's Adam random, and it was kind of funny. Like I wish we really need to figure out how to take our private chat and somehow share. We need to have a ghostwriter translated into a book. We do because the 100%. other day Adam said something about helping to you know work on some educational materials right and then that got me my head spinning and i was like i want to write a book i don't know if anybody's ever said that like i want to write a book i'm sure i'll regret that later and then bill's like oh great now chris is going to try to write a book and he's going to be hyper focused on a book and all but, but first first before like the whole hyper focusing on the book craig just a quick background on what chris does because he's not going to tell you the truth first <laughs> he's going to spend like two months hyper focusing on what kind of desk he's going to get and then exactly. he's going to go into like what kind of paper he's going to get even down to like well what kind of pencil should i get should i get an actual typewriter and type it out like the man bun people do at starbucks or and it's going to be this whole just and then nine months later i'll be like, do you ever get that book written I'm like i never got a desk <laughs> Hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. I started uh, down the project of changing the air conditioner in my house, and I've been so obsessed with everything. And and we're still working through the project, but but oh my gosh! And actually, again, because we go all over the place, I saw you posting uh, using some of the home performance tools, and I want to ask you. Okay, again, changing subjects of where we're going with the show. So when you uh, grab you, you had a duck blaster, I think you used in a video, right? Where you were duck testing. Yeah. So have you been doing a bunch of research on the home performance side of things? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I got encouraged. So he, so I got encouraged at the, uh, HVEC excellence show, okay. uh, when I was hanging out with, uh, some of the TEC guys, uh, yeah. Chris and Bill and Steve. And so I started, sometimes what happens is you get out of your normal thing and you're like, you know, what would be awesome is if we could show it, show this doing this and and, yeah. and doing this. Like I could, I kind of like bu start building videos like in my mind automatically. So that's what kind of anything that I am in, anything that I am involved in, my mind ends up processing on it by itself, like in the background, accidentally, I guess. And so like it's building a video. I'm like, oh, you know what? That would be that would be cool. And so then I then it's, I started thinking about somebody that I knew that that this might work out you know, at their, at their house. So yeah. I always here's So I always thought that the building science stuff is just as important as the HVAC system. And actually when I was, uh, even in the beginning selling jobs and stuff like that, because I had that carpentry background, I would sell a job, but I would sell it like 
I would do it differently than other HVAC contractors because I'm like, well, we'll also replace your windows and we need to get you new insulation up in the attic. And not even that I wanted to sell them the insulation in the attic. Like I would do the windows, but like yeah. you need to get somebody else to do the insulation. Like, why would you want this oversized system then? Cause all you have to do is do these couple things replace these doors here. And you know, your house is going to be much like better insulated and, and more airtight or like, I'd always take that into my consideration. And that was always a big deal. And so I always wanted to see that be cool. And in fact, in 2016, I did a couple like, like where your air loss is in your house, like mm -hmm. like around the registers and the hi hats and your ceiling and stuff like that, and nobody cared, and it was like darn it, like and so I was always hoping that stuff like that would be cool, and now, now, people are really starting to care about it and they're getting excited about it, and there's like this whole movement happening, and it's awesome. I so. I you know in doing my house project again starting to hyper focus on things and i was like oh i need to change my air conditioner but then it was like this deep dive down towards yeah. it's not just my air conditioner it, <laughs> yeah it's a lot more and it's all this stuff and i consider myself to be a somewhat intelligent person but oh my gosh when i started doing the research on home performance and then you realize like when you start quantifying things and you really start looking into it and you're like wow this is a big deal but then my head starts going down the path of how is this possible? How are we going to convince the industry to go it down this gets, path? And, like it gets depressing. The more it you is. learn about everything, you're like, wow, houses are so messed up. It makes I you had this bad. conversation with Steve Rogers and Chris Hughes. We were sitting down at lunch and we were, and I was like, guys, how is the how are we going to get the industry to this point? And they were like, we've questioned that too, but like, we're just going to do our best, you know, to get, you yeah. know, to do this. And every it's day like, do a little bit more. It's overwhelming to think like, how much the the industry is messed up when it comes to home performance and how important the home performance side of things are i mean the air conditioner honestly should be the last thing you look at when it comes to increasing your indoor comfort you really need to you know address the the bigger issues just to blow your mind even more chris today alone there was probably 150 new systems installed incorrectly undersized oversized way more than that yeah probably way more than that and then maybe maybe today and also on top of that, 200, 300, 400 systems that were installed improperly, there was maybe like, what do you think? Like seven technicians who learned some, made themselves better today? It's to the point that I can I can pretty much guarantee you I'm going to have the smallest air conditioner in my entire neighborhood. Like when yeah. I'm done with this, I am guaranteed going to have the smallest I'm, air conditioner. I'm curious, Craig, your example where you were talking about when you were selling jobs, you were talking about insulation, you were selling insulation and windows as well too. So, like, how much time did you spend? Because obviously, you're doing a load calc or some type of energy model or whatever. Yeah. How much time I'll did you the paper spend? Sheets. And like, I, and how often? Like, how many of the items did you change to see if it was worth it for them to make these upgrades or not? Is it just like you played with certain items? You're like, oh, well, this makes sense. So you can you would do the load calc based on the existing situation, and then you'd see how close you are to you know a half a ton or even a ton and then you'd start looking at well what if i did this one change you didn't have to do that much extra of a calculation you know what i mean in order to add that in and change your values your r values or uh your u values for your windows and stuff like that um and so then you would just go ahead and you would go ahead and ask you know ask the homeowner a lot of times they wouldn't want to go with everything but they would do one thing at least you know what i mean like like adding insulation up in the attic is like an obvious, obvious thing versus the window thing. It's like, well, maybe we'll do that next year or something like that. It was like, well, you are installing this system. 
you know, now it didn't take that much time to just do one or two small changes. Like I would, I wouldn't do that necessarily maybe on every job, but when they were close, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't, I would always mention, Hey, we could do these other things and you could get your a half a ton smaller air conditioning or a, a smaller heater or whatever that may be. So would you, Slightly. when you're offering your options, would you actually show them the different versions of the load calcs and be like, this is where you're at right now. This is where you're at with windows, like new windows. Well, at that time, like, you know, they don't, they're not really, I would show them that I did it, mm -hmm. but they didn't, I'm not, you're not really spending that much time explaining everything about it. Just right. that you have these BTU sizes, these capacities and that you're saying, Hey, you know, we could we could use this slightly smaller furnace or this slightly smaller air conditioner, which is going to draw less current, which means it's going to draw less wattage, you know, overall less electricity to run it over time because you have less air leaking, you know, out of your house or into your house for that matter. I mean, it also had to do with the <laughs> it also had to do other other issues where dependent on where the return was and stuff like that. But that's a whole nother thing. But yeah. no, I didn't. I'm not going to educate. I'm not going to sit there and educate like crazy. We didn't have that much time. So it was like right. more so just a quick. The, yeah, I, I'm I'm right now. I'm struggling with the fact that like, how do you sell all this stuff? Right. And actually, I just kind of unsold a customer on a job that we my dad sold them it, it's a the new amana s the inverter mini split style heat pump that ties in with a gas furnace it was our ultimate package that we offered them four different things you know and i went out there like before the job i'm like yeah i'd like to do a load couch just to double check everything and i i had my blower door i wasn't planning on setting up the blower door. i'm like whatever it's gonna take me 10 minutes set up the blower door I was like, holy crap, your house is super leaky. And then I, I did the load calc. I'm like, this is pretty bad. And I crawled up in the attic, not one bit of insulation anywhere. So I did what you said, and I just added a little bit of insulation, and it reduced his tonnage by a ton and a half. And I'm like, and he's like, well, I don't really have that in the budget. I'm like, honestly, I'd rather see you spend some money on insulation and go with a little more, you know, uh, modest HVAC system. I think you're going to be happier overall. And so I, you know, lowered the price overall cost on that job, unfortunately. But I think he's going to be happier in the long run. I, I mean, I, it's good. It's the same. It's the same thing with like you're going to win in the long run. So I wouldn't worry about it. Meaning that if you're the one doing the right thing, you know, fixing a system instead of just selling another one or fixing their house and and they're spending maybe less as a less with you you're going to be the one that they're going to recommend everybody. You're going to, it's going to be beneficial in the end and you are doing the right thing anyway. So I, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was the right thing to do. So HVAC blogger says, why is most duct work undersized? Um, my answer to that would be, and I'm curious what everybody else's answer is, but it's just because our industry was built on a foundation of rules of thumb. Yeah. And I would say that that's a good reason why I've, most duct work is undersized. I've found, and actually I've had this discussion with house house, once before is a lot of times when I'm, I'm using the true flow grid um, and I go into somebody's house and I'm, I use that on estimates to just see like, Hey, well, how is this going to land when we're, when I'm done with this? And uh, I found that when I have high static systems, I kind of reverse engineer the ductwork and I just look at it and I'm like, okay, well, it's a four ton system, 1600 CFM. I'm going to line up my ductulator on 0.1, 1600. Oh, look, it's, that's the size. So like most of them are the supply trunks around me are, all size at 0.1 and 0.08 for the return. So I think you're exactly right, Chris, with the... I would say, too, though, that 
honestly, learning about airflow, it's just not sexy. It, it, it's boring. People, there needs to be better ways of teaching it. There needs to be better ways of understanding it because honestly, when it came to airflow classes in trade school for me, that was like you were dozing off every night. It wasn't I would intriguing. like to chime in exactly what you said, Chris. I think that's where this show comes in handy is because not only can we make this stuff look sexy, we can make it seem fun and interesting because, mm-hmm. I mean just a bunch of sexy nerds hanging out, right? <laughs> Am I right? Who are you looking at? Yeah. That's what like, I want to know. Hey, yeah. firefighters can have their own calendar. So can we. Yeah. No, I'm not doing a calendar with my shirt off, dude. Not again. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> so, Chris, you asked about the undersized ductwork. Well, like in our area, we have a lot of gas furnaces and the ductwork was never set up for air conditioning. And so you needed to move less airflow for heat. And then everybody was stuck with this ductwork in their house. Uh, that's what happened around in our area. For the majority of it and then a lot of times it's the end of the ductwork that's undersized uh for the amount of supply runs getting taken off of it and that was just due to just uh unknowledgeable you know technicians and you know I, we all started there you know 100 well, anyway. my foundation of what i had was based on rules of thumb and the industry was different my dad taught me everything i know and he taught me a lot of incorrect things but i don't fault my dad because he, like every other contractor that came up in the 80s, did the same stuff. Like that's where the industry yeah. was. And back then you could get away with it because our equipment was very forgiving. I say this all the time, but you could you could undercharge, you could overcharge, and you could get away with it. But with the high SEER ratings, the high technology we have in our equipment, we're very dependent on airflow. Um, and, and, you know, you said, you know, and I've heard that a lot, that a lot of the stuff was, was sized for heating. And I would even argue that even sized for heating, it wasn't, it wasn't properly sized. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's been based on a lot of rules yeah, of thumb for, for the longest time. I feel like, you know, the trades have been looked down on and, um, you know, people just think like, ah, anybody can do that. And mm-hmm. you, there's, a, there's a lot of skill in this. There's a lot of skill. Did you, you know, did you, uh, take any type of design classes craig did you go through or or was it like more of in trade school so i didn't i did not go to any school before teaching and so it was all just reading like reading code books and reading acca manuals and just 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 reading reading uh and so it was partly the uh the owner of the HVAC company that I worked for, he sold his company and then he started a general contracting business. I subbed a little bit of work from him, but basically then I left the company and then I just kind of did my own thing. Then I stopped subbing with him after about a year, but like I learned a lot of business stuff and the, and he would always be doing uh, low calcs on everything and trying to figure things out. And, but on the opposite side, he wouldn't figure out how to put this system in their house and we're like, how did you know that this cavity in this house was going to be empty that we could utilize and run ductwork down this or do this or that? And he's like, I, I've been in enough where I know, you know, what can be done and what can't be done. And um, he didn't do a whole lot of mini splits, him, you know, in that company. He always deducted everything. But um, so a lot of the business stuff, a lot of the treating the customers right and always being used to uh, going out of your way to make sure that the customer is definitely properly taken care of we did the like everybody else the supply house classes and stuff like that but for me because i didn't go to school i before teaching i felt i want to call unworthy or whatever you want to call it but i just had to just suck in information as much as i could because 
I didn't I didn't want to say something that was wrong, and that's it. I would say that um, how much has your online content educated you even more? So like when I started making content, it humbled me because, you know, people would leave me comments like, hey, you're a little incorrect on this. And yes, I learned right, right, so right. much from the comments. And I, to this point, um, I'm about to be 40. I'm going to be turning 40 in June. And uh, I have now gotten to this point in my life where I, in a weird way, I look forward to being wrong because it's an opportunity to learn. Like, you know, and of course I don't want to be wrong, but when I am, it's like, okay, let's embrace this. Let's learn. You know, did you, did you come across any of that? Have you ever felt that? Always. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a big learning thing for me, like a good learning experience. There's tons of that. And like I mentioned to you before, if anybody ever speaks to you, speaks into your life and says something once, twice, if somebody says it two or three times, yeah, let alone if you have any even slight respect for them, you darn well better listen because there's a problem there or they're trying yeah. to help you, you yeah. know? And so I would see comments. It doesn't take more than two comments in a row to say, saying the same thing or three comments. It's like, Oh, I really better pay attention to that. And so things like Delta T. And I think I said it was the, it was a difference between the temperature and the return and the supply. And it's like, no, no, no. It's the change in temperature between the return and supply. You know, it's like just all these little nuances that I didn't even pick up in my mind and especially that especially came true with the book the first book because what i thought i was saying was not actually what i was saying in a written context and that's when i i worked together with a retired uh teacher and we w spent a year going over and over and over and over and over with that first book and um you know the second book you... went smoother i learned yeah. how to write because it's like anything else it's like this is in my way to conveying the information do I like writing? No. You know what I mean? Like, do, do I think I'm good at it? No. You know, like, but it's in the way of me conveying the information to somebody else that I feel like could benefit them. And you got to figure out a way to convey, convey information to help other people. Like the comments not only call you out, but also encourage you. And it's amazing sometimes because sometimes people get thrown into the field and, and it just happens to be like, you're the only lifeline that they have at this particular moment in time to help them grow. I agree. For whatever and reason. Yeah. yeah it, it, and it, it's a very fulfilling thing too, when you can help someone, when you can send, I will tell you a funny story though. Um, early, early on in my YouTube content, someone reached out to me. They wanted help. They were on a military base. They were in Afghanistan and they were working on a walk-in cooler. And I was like, sure, man, you know, I'm answering all of his questions and stuff. And then just this funny thing, and I'm going to ask if you've ever had anything weird like this happen. But then randomly after I helped the guy, uh, he said, hey, can I can I pay you? And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I felt honored being able to help you. You know, that's really cool. And uh, he's like, oh, OK, you know, and then just I randomly get a package in the mail. And I'm like, how did this guy get my address? And that's yeah, when like, it really right started to dawn on me. Like, how did this guy get my address? Like, whatever. Long story short, this guy was a reservist and he's actually an FBI agent. And, and so I was like, okay, so I, I felt a little bit less like concerned, you know, and he's a reservist <laughs> in the military. But so since you started content on the internet and stuff, have you gotten any weird stuff? Have you gotten any weird packages? Have you gotten random people sending you weird Lots stuff? Lots of hair. This is, if know. not, there's still time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if not, just definitely being on this show. I mean, I will, say yeah, not, I will say to not to my own benefit now if i say this because i can see what's going to happen here but not that much i'll okay. say yeah 
uh, <laughs> hmm. at least for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, some packages. And what's funny is it, it is something that I needed, you know, some like business. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I got so a package like yeah. a book, like, you know, to help with like running a business and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah. wow, this this actually does help. And so, so there has been a couple things like more that. Different and... than what we get. <laughs> no, none of my stuff has been creepy. It was just awkward when a random package. Well, shows up and let's then that's not when you say. Yeah, you can't find out where Joe lives. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say it has been creepy. Oh yeah, there's that's... been a couple weird things. We'll tell you off camera, but yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we'll do that. Yeah, I probably yeah, won't. We'll no, we, you'll yeah. never hear this story, Craig. It's not for when you're older. I'll tell you. How's that? <laughs> Good. Yeah, there has been some weird yeah. stuff. So. Like, yeah, like if we talk about it, you got to put your hands over your ears because yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I mean, you seem like a really good person. Really, really. You got a lot of good positive energy off you, Craig. And I don't want to ruin that with this story. And I'm so, OK, let's, let's ask. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to address this. And this is kind of a controversial question. So Dustin Cole says, I just want to know why the love for Cooper Hunter. I can find or I can't find performance data for several other matchups. So. We do have to address the fact that with a lot of mini split manufacturers and Cooper Hunter, they try, you know, I've, I've talked to them before too, but they try just like every other mini split manufacturer. But that is something that I'm noticing on the mini split side is the lack of performance data. Um, Adam, you just recently went through this where a mini split manufacturer told you to just size per square footage, right? Or something like that. Uh, no, that wasn't exactly what happened, but I, I do struggle finding data when you're trying to match up you know, and meet manual S, but like at one, uh, I'm not going to really get into specifics, but I, I was at a class, a uh, cold climate heat pump class. And, um, the instructor was basically, uh, I asked him, where can I find this data? And he's like, Oh, well it just ramps down. And it's like, okay, but can we have numbers for it? You know, like you need to know it's going to work latent and sensible right um so like that's one struggle i think a lot of people have finding the data and i imagine you went through some of this when you were writing your mini split book right having to to figure out all the tech data and being that a good majority of the mini split manufacturers have one or two companies that make a good majority of the mini splits out there it's got to be hard to find that information right so the the hyper heat pump version uh -huh. however you want to call it you know like i think mitsubishi has the, the trademark on that but uh hyper heat you know all over, but everybody else yeah yeah everybody else you know has it uh you know calls it hyper you know some type of hyper uh so across the board you'll see that lacking performance data in that realm because they are less efficient for average run times uh, because they're oversized for the system. So it's like a derated system, basically. It's mm -hmm. If it's a 12,000 BTU hyper type system uh, to produce more heat during the, the low temperature uh, outdoor air. Uh, so instead of it being a 12,000 BTU rated compressor, it's going to be an 18,000 BTU rated compressor. And it's not going to be allowed to operate at 18,000 BTUs until it gets down to say zero degrees or something like that, or 20 degrees or whatever the manufacturer has set it for. And when I say manufacturer, I'm talking about the circuit board manufacturer, not the manufacturer that you're buying the equipment from, whoever right. that may be. Uh, so the lack of say, you want to call it performance data comes from like the, even the manufacturer maybe that you're buying the equipment from not even having it unfortunately, and that the hyperheat systems are less efficient and they give you like enough, enough performance data numbers like to get by, I guess, 
but they definitely aren't producing all of it. Like we want all of it because we need all of it, you know, for, for the sizing. So that can be a frustrating thing. And, and like, it's kind of one of those things like you're the, uh, middleman or you're the, like the one that trying to find the information in order to convey the information. Do you notice in the book that every manufacturer is going to have some type of new different algorithmic data? Like what I do like about it is their defrost, like across the board on all mini split manufacturers. I like the way that they, they handle their defrost and how, uh, you're going to have more water vapor in the air at 32 degrees and you do, you know, down at like 10 degrees or 20 degrees or zero. It's so you don't have to do defrost as much. Uh, but they'll even control the saturated temperature of the outdoor coil so that it's not dipping below that 32 degree Fahrenheit point just in order to avoid the defrost. Like there's a lot of things going on that we don't pay attention or we don't, we're not aware of that are yeah. happening in those systems. But anyway, yeah, the, for, the performance data, you know, like you're going to get more performance data on standard systems, standard inverter systems than you will for the hyperheat systems. They just don't like to publish it, I guess. I don't know, you know? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah, in reference to Cooper and Hunter, they uh, they were one of the first companies that had, uh, like, really believed in me, I guess, you know, with the mini splits and stuff like that. Right, like We'll say right. 2017, 2018, uh, they started reaching out, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I, I didn't do anything for a year or something like that, and then I started you know, uh, doing some more mini split related activities. Cause I'm like, this is, everybody's going to need to know this. And so I started working with them, uh, on with, with doing some videos and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, they're, they're kind of all the same. I mean, what I mean is manufacturers, they all, uh, a good majority of them, it, it's difficult to find some of that technical data that you're looking for. And that's why um, Craig's book is awesome because it yeah, that's right. Good. Because you demystify a good, portion or at least make it um understandable i know know so little about mini splits to be honest with you like i don't really work on them i don't do a lot of mini split work but i've installed a few i think that's kind of like the general consensus of most technicians it's like a magical mystery box yeah drawn with it you call it scary like it's on it like all those things that craig was just talking about like all those things i don't even know Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. So I, I always diagnose. I always feel like the dumb guy stuff. in the room, just so you know. Like I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you, know. <laughs> you need to, you need to try uh, some different rooms then, because that's not the case. Yeah, well, we're we're probably doing him really good here because he feels like the smartest guy, and we're the dumbest over here. So you know, yeah, we have that effect on this show. <laughs> well, well, I think it's uh, time we wrap this up. We've hit our hour mark. Uh, it's definitely be, I, I got a million more questions, but we'll definitely have to do a part two. And uh, I think yeah, it'll be cool. I would love to. Yeah, thank let's you. do it. Well, Craig, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate you. And again, we definitely want to have you on again. Are you, uh, Yeah. if you're, if you're to. interested, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I nodded. I said, yeah, absolutely. Much. Yeah, <laughs> we, we typically we're, we're, do a good job of offending people and scaring people off. So. We try. Yeah, we'll I'll try. just wait to see what kind of packages I get then, I guess. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. We'll talk about it after I get like a month worth of mailings and then we'll, then we'll talk. Yeah. About it. Oh, you know, that's, that's the one thing I will say that what I did was I actually got a PO box and I just made the PO box really easy to find. So people stop digging. <laughs> that was my secret to it. So I stopped getting random packages at my house. So let's oh, make it easy. Man. All right. But all right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank, yeah, you thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care, everyone.